Um, so, I was thinking about it. Um, ek het nie een probleem om met een Afrikaans te doen nie, ek is immers Afrikaans. As ek mense my fans sê en hulle hoor dis Janse van Rensburg, dan begin hulle met my Afrikaans praat. But I was just thinking um, of what if um, our British peeps decided they wanted to listen to the podcast and then it was in Afrikaans and then they couldn't understand anything. So, um, it's not just for you two. <laughs> It's for everybody that's English and that wants to actually listen to this. We want them to be able to listen to this and to still follow the story. So it's going to be in English. But I know you speak the tale very deliciously. I will try to also speak it deliciously and then we will get it. Okay, so um, this is actually the first time that we really... I know Anton spoke a little bit about um, the idea of life's toughest questions, but this is our first toughest question that we got. I don't know how many of you were here last week. If you weren't, listen to the podcast. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting, it's good. Um, I also listened to it because I wasn't here, so it is possible. Um, he spoke about uh, John 15, and what is really cool about it is that it slotted very, it was amazing how it slotted into what I taught the previous time I was, I taught about its time, um, which was basically about what do we do with our lives. Um, and he spoke about it from John 15. It's just, that's how God works. I mean, Aunt and I haven't seen each other in I don't know how long. And when he comes, he talks about exactly what we talked about two weeks ago. So wonderful. And... Um, John 15, if you don't know, we're going to read it. We are going to read it, but it's about Jesus saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. So it's that part. And he talked about how, what does that mean? And he gave a few insights. I'm not going to repeat his whole thing, but um, very interesting. I know Dinda um, tweeted this as well, that his whole motto was, you can't duct tape fruit to a tree. Well, okay, you can, because you can duct tape anything. Mythbusters <laughs> reveal to us that you can even duct tape a car to a lamppost, and it will not go anywhere, even if you rev it. Okay, so you can do that. But if we're talking about us as trees, then it's not what we're supposed to be doing. Also, that you're not supposed to be the one consuming your own fruit. You're supposed to be producing fruit for other people to consume. So if you are... Not yet. Francois. Thanks. If you are... Um, if you are consuming your own fruit or you're in a small little group of people and you are consuming each other's fruit because it's nice and lacquer and comfortable, then it's a little bit problematic. And then he talked about, because it's easy to say you're not supposed to do it like this, but then what are you supposed to do? The question of all times. So he gave us four Ps. Um, the first one was pray. So it's good that there was an it's time and that people went and that they felt inspired. They just need to keep on praying. All of us need to pray. You need to protest. Yes, we said it. You're supposed to protest. Participate in protest action when it is necessary. And yes, we are at a time where it's necessary in South Africa. Pressure. We are able to put pressure, whether it's writing a letter or making a video or joining, doing a, whatever. In any way you can, we are supposed to put pressure on things that are not right to get them fixed. So we keep on. It's, it's like the dripping tap where Jesus talks about the, the, the old lady with the judge that he felt, listen, you are irritating me so much because you keep on asking. You're whining, I'll do what you ask. Just because you're whining. We need to be, we need to put that pressure on. We need to be the whiners, okay? 
And then he spoke a little bit about privilege. He spoke specifically about white privilege, which I know everybody, <gasps> your hair stands up and you want to claw at the floor when you hear white privilege. But it's important to realize the privilege that you have, whether it's white privilege, it might be male privilege, <laughs> which is another one, which all of the males, <gasps> um, especially with the hashtag all men are trash thing going around. That's not what we are about. We're about hashtag he for she. But that's a question that we have been asked already. We'll, we'll get to that. Not tonight, but we'll get to that. So just to be aware of your privilege, and because you can use it. If you don't, if you don't admit to the, to the privilege that you have, you can't use it. You can't use it to the good. But if you know, I have this because I am privileged in this way, then you can make use of it, and it can mean something. Okay. And um, there we go. She's leaving. Should I be stressed? Um, so, oh, which reminds me, I wanted to, disclaimer, it's winter, I have three cats, two of them are Siamese, I do try to, um, uh, we've got a lint roller and I, Sorrel rolled me <laughs> like it was, there was no tomorrow, <laughs> but there are going to be, you are going to see, you're going to see hair, I know it's there, you know it's there. Just love me anyway. <laughs> this, is, this is what we could not get off. And because it's some, some, out, some outfits, you can't get everything off. So just, it's my cats. They're my kids. I love them. Okay, so now we've got that out of the way. You don't have to feel like this. Don't worry about it. So the question then came, because, I mean, that was great. That was fantastic. But the question came, and Francois, now... The question came about the verse, he read the whole text about this verse because he didn't speak about this. Those who do not remain in me are thrown out like a branch and dry up. Such branch branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire where they are burned. So he read that, but we didn't, he didn't talk about that. And um, we want you to ask questions. This is wonderful. Thank you. So somebody wrote a card, anonymous. See, we protect you. Anonymous wrote a card that said, okay, so this last bit, which is not, that's actually not the last bit, but it feels like the last bit. This bit with the burning of branches. What do we do with that? What does that mean? Okay. So it's a tough question, but we asked for life's toughest questions. And therefore, I will be attempting to dive into this. And at the end of this, we'll see how far we got with you guys. Okay. Because this is a question that clearly it, it confronts us with judgment and with punishment. With God's judgment, with God's punishment. Okay, because we hear that he is the vine, we are branches. If we remain in him, we will bear much fruit. He will prune us, we will, things will be wonderful. If we don't, then we burn. And it's interesting to me, um, we are obsessed <laughs> with God's punishment, the idea of God's judgment and God's punishment. It's... Um, it's a, it's, I want to say it's a morbid fascination. It's like when you are on the highway and an accident just happened. You don't really want to look, but you want to look. You find yourself, how many cars were there? 
Do I see body parts? Oh, there are people lying around. <gasps> but then you look again, because you want to see how many people. And that's exactly, you can go to the next one. Um, this is just one of the beautiful examples of hell. Um, trust me, if you Google hell, pictures of hell, um, this is a medieval one. So the devil is chomping on somebody. There are people coming out of his ears. People are boiling. Um, so this looks a lot like Dante's hell. Um, there are demons forking other people. That one's being fed something. So it's, it's gruesome. It's really gruesome. And this is one of the less gruesome ones. <laughs> I didn't want to sensitive viewers. I'm sorry. I should have warned you. But there are so many pictures and paintings because we are obsessed with it. We can't look away. We can't. It's that, it's that scary little it's the terms and conditions apply. I, w I always want to say it's, it functions like that. And I wonder, I sometimes wonder if it's whether, well, I know that lots of people um, oftentimes wish punishment on me. <laughs> I often wish punishment on other people. So maybe it's because we, we feel like we deserve punishment and therefore we want to, we, we focus on that. Um, but, why, whether we do it or not, this is, a, this is a passage, this is a verse that does focus on burning an end. It doesn't get more final than that. So, what do we, how do we understand this? What do we do with this? What do we do, do with God's judgment, with his punishment? Especially in the context of the whole of that piece of text. Okay, because it's important to have that when you think about the burning the throwing away and the burning. So I'm going to read um, John 15, the first few verses. Um, if you want to read with me, you're welcome. If you just want to listen to my voice, you're also welcome to do that. Don't fall asleep. Um, I'm going to read from the Good News Version. I'm the real vine, and my father is the gardener. He breaks off every branch in me that does not bear fruit and he prunes every branch that does bear fruit, so that it will be clean and bear more fruit. You have been made clean already by the teaching I have given you. Remain united to me, and I will remain united to you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It can do so only if it remains in the vine. In the same way, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will be much fruit, for you can do nothing without me. And this is also something that um, Anton talked about, was the fact that, yes, we have to bear fruit, but the wonderful thing is it doesn't have to come from inside of ourselves. It's not from our own ability. It's because we have God inside of us. So that pressure is also removed. It's not even you that needs to perform. It's just you that needs to be open to God in you to allow him to perform. Okay. Whoever does not remain in me is thrown out like a branch and dries up. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire where they are burnt. Dun, dun, dun. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you will ask for anything you wish and you shall have it. My Father's glory is shown by your bearing much fruit. And in this way, you become my disciples. I love you just as the Father loves me. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you this so that, you, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, love one another just as I love you. 
The greatest love a person can have for his friends is to give his life for them. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because servants do not know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear much fruit, the kind of fruit that endures. And so the father will give you whatever you ask of him in my name. This then is what I command you, love one another. Okay, that was the whole piece. And well, I've already talked about the things that Anton highlighted. One of the things that he talked about that's very important that, that we heard more than once while we read the text is that God's love is a constant. So God's love does not change whether whatever we do or say or whatever we are does not affect God's love for us. He is constant. And that his love is ever-present. It's always right here. It's close. Okay. That's important. But, okay, what do we do with God's love is always here, but then there are branches that are burnt. For that, I want us to understand the relationship that we're talking about a little from a different view, viewpoint, and for that I'm going to use a picture. If we suffer to understand things, then draw a picture. This is um, a very famous picture of the Trinity. Um, it's got a double name. It's the Trinity and the, um, the hospitality of Abraham. It was done by a Russian painter in the 15th century, um, Andrei Rublyov. And... Um, there are lots of, so yes, it's got two titles, because this is actually, he paints the scene in Genesis 18, where three angels come to Abraham and his wife, and Abraham rushes out, and they make food for them, and so he is hospitable to the angels at the Oak of Moria, so it's not just in the Lord of the Rings, that's where J.R.R. Tolkien got the idea, for the mines of Moria. The Oak of Moria, the, the mount is there, um, and he feeds the angels, he hosts them, and then they tell them the good news that Sarah is going to be pregnant, and she does what every good woman does. She laughs very loudly in their faces. Well, okay, she's a little bit old, older, so we can understand that, but still, we know what happens. She does get pregnant, so ha-ha. Okay, but he uses that, he uses those three angels to give us an idea about the Trinity, about God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? And there are lots and lots and lots of things that we could say about this painting. If you want to read up about it, please do, because I'm not going to focus on all of that. Sigh of relief, everyone. I'm just going to talk about one or two things that we need to realize, which is important. The first thing that's really beautiful in this painting about the Trinity, is that they, are, they form a circle, but it's not, they're not forced into it. So it's not like there's a circle drawn, and you've got them sitting plonk, plonk, plonk in the circle. They're not forced into the circle. Their bodies make a circle. So it's an organic thing. 
It's something that happens naturally, spontaneously. Okay, it's not forced. The second thing is that you, they're sitting down at this stage. They're sitting around the cup of life, um, which is the Eucharist, the 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 blood that is that we that well the wine that's a symbol of the blood. So they're sitting around the symbol of life, but they're not sitting still. They're moving. Their hands are moving. It might be a little difficult for you guys to see this from behind, but their hands are moving. Their feet are not. It's not. Uh, your typical icon where they're sitting still, like with your, I don't know if you've got, if you go to an old farmhouse, they've always got these creepy pictures of really, well, really old pictures of old people who are standing like this. They don't smile, they don't, it's creepy. Um, well, for me, I'm sorry, if I'm, is that your favorite photo of your great-great-grandmother? I'm sorry. But so this is not like that, there's movement. And that is the very important part of understanding the Trinity. Um, the technical term for this is perichoresis, the Greek, which means to make place for. Okay? So what is beautiful and what, you, what you're supposed to imagine when you see this is that th they are now seated in the position that they are, but it's very possible for them to stand up and to change positions. Okay, so he might be in front now, and he might be at the back now, but they, might, they stand up and they change, and then the, the relationship is constantly changing. Does it make sense? So there's constant movement, there's constant, I give way to you, you give way to me, and there's growth in that relationship. And that is the Trinity. You've got movement and growth, it's not a static thing. What is really wonderful, amazing, about this, is you can go to the next one. If you look at the painting closely, there's a gap. You've got the pedestal on which they're sitting, and it's supposed to actually be closed, because it's a pedestal. But there's a gap. Why is the gap there? To allow room for us to enter. So you've got the Trinity around the cup of life. They are constantly moving. But there is always space for us to enter into that movement, to become a part of that movement. And that is what Jesus is talking about when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Why is this important? Because it's a choice that we make. It's a choice that we have. We are not forced into the movement. We are not said you have to be a part of this. God is present. That's what Anton also said. God's love is always around us. His presence is always around us. It's unconditional. But we need to take it. And I think that is the most important part of the grace of God. Because think about this, we, we watch movies all the time uh, where people are in hostage situations or you've got, well, series also where there are stalkers and um, you are forced to tell somebody, I love you, you're beautiful because you've got a knife or a gun to your head. Um, and all of us will say that's very unhealthy. That's dangerous as well. <clears throat> so, 
we know that that does not work. Because, I mean, if I tell you I love you with a gun to my head, do I really mean it? No. It comes from fear. So a lot of times people will ask, but why? Why didn't God just... Why, does, why, don't, why, why doesn't everybody just believe? That would be like putting a gun to our heads and saying, you have to love me. Or it would be, that would make us robots that are programmed, love God. That makes it meaningless. So God is gracious enough and he wants a relationship with us enough. He wants a genuine relationship so much that he's willing to take the chance of us not choosing to enter into the circle, to go into the dance. Does that mean his love goes away? No, that is a constant. It's always there. You choose to enter it or not. And that's where we get back to, to verse 6, to the branches that are burnt. Well, let's talk about the branches that wither first. Um, obviously, if you choose to become part, well, not obviously, if you choose to become part of this dance, that's one of the other ways to translate perichoresis is a dance. It's the dance between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And you become a part of the dance. Don't worry if you've got two left feet. It does not matter. You are a part of the dance. Then obviously your life is filled because you choose to let God's love in and His grace in. And your life becomes different. You start bearing fruit and much fruit. And does that mean it's never going to be painful? No, because it says God will prune you. <laughs> I don't know if you've, well, maybe you haven't done it, but the first time I pruned a rose, I realized pruning is a painful process. This poor rose must feel really abused by the end of this because you don't leave much when you prune a rose. But you do that because it, so that it can grow next year. So is it always going to be wonderful? No, there are going to be painful parts, but it's going to ensure that we bear much fruit. If you are not in the vine, if you choose not to become a part of this dance, then you don't experience God's love and grace and mercy the same way that somebody who chooses that does. It's always present, and it's wonderful how God keeps confronting you he keeps giving you chances, but you choose no. And as you would expect, that branch then withers. It starts to dry up because it doesn't have the love and the grace and the mercy. And I don't know about you, but I know a few people in my life who, they don't look like withered branches, but they are withered on the inside. They are negative and they really, it's like a dry branch. So they might still be here, but it's not, an, it's, it's not a pleasant experience for them or you. When does the burning come in? Life is finite. Our life is finite. So I could drive home and be in an accident. You could drive past me and I'll be one you see and not see, or I could go on with my life and live another hundred years. And every day, well, every second of every day, I have that choice. So the choice is never taken away. It's whether I choose it 
But when I die, I cannot choose anymore. Okay? Um, so that's one reason you might die, and then you don't have that chance anymore. Also, with the way we are using and abusing, I want to use the word raping the earth, um, we might cause extinction, uh, extinction of the human species before God was planning to come. So that might happen. Or things might end. We hear that God says there will come a time when I will come and gather everyone that belongs to me. We don't know when that is. Jesus didn't even know when that is. So when somebody says, I know when the end is, they're lying. If Jesus did not know, and his answer was, only the Father knows, then you should think something's up. Something's fishy. Okay, so we don't know when the end will be, but there will be an end. And that is when your time to be able to choose is gone. And just think about it. Because burning sounds horrible and awful and painful, and then we go back to those pictures of hell, which you don't need to do, Francho. But it's actually just a natural, it's a natural development. If you are in God, when the end comes, you will be with God, because you are in God. If you choose not to be in God, and the end comes, you will not be in God. So yes, in this piece of text, it uses the metaphor of vines being burnt. But I don't think Jesus meant for us to think, okay, so that means it's going to be fire and brimstone. It's a metaphor to say, like vine branches that aren't useful anymore, are burnt. So we will... We will not be able to connect with him anymore. That's it. How that's going to look, I don't know. Uh, again, if people tell you that they know, I would be suspicious of that. But okay, that's just my side note. What is the most important thing? The most important thing to hear is not that there will be a time when you don't have the choice anymore. The most important thing to hear is that you are surrounded by God. You are part of God's dance if you choose to say, I want to. How wonderful is that? That the creator of all heaven and earth gives you the chance, me the chance, me, small me. Okay, I'm not that small. But me, Han, Janse van Rensburg in South Africa, I am so insignificant, it's not even funny. Wants me to say, yes, God. I want to enter into this dance. And when we do, it's wonderful. And when we don't, there might come a day that we don't have that choice anymore. And where we are left, because we chose to never accept that, we never wanted God, that we won't have the chance to have him anymore. Okay. On, um, on that heavy note, I think that's the best thing to say. Um, let's not... Make it longer than it needs to be. Ne, Nicolas? <laughs> I should have said Niku. Okay, so on that bombshell, I, I think we should pray. Lord God, when we talk about you, it is so difficult. 
because we are finite and small and we have things like dimensions that hold us back. And we want to talk about you, God, who is infinite, who has no limits. And we want to find ways to understand you, to talk about you. Thank you for, thank you for people who paint and who write and who take pictures, people who you inspire to help us understand something of who you are. Thank you for this. Thank you for a Russian in the 15th century who made something beautiful. Lord, we want to, our biggest desire is to always be part of the dance, is to make sure every morning that we step into the circle. Thank you for always allowing us the chance. Thank you for your grace, for your love. Thank you that we can just, all we need is to step in. You have done so much for, for us already. Help us to take it, and not just take it, but to, to run with it, to grow, to, to bear fruit, fruit that makes you smile although you don't smile necessarily, but it makes you happy. Because that is all we want to do. We want to live a life close to you, filled with your grace, a grace that we share. We pray this in your name, our Trinity, the Father who created, the Son who gave his life, and the Spirit who is present within us, who makes us your temple. Amen. So if this has in any way caused you to have another question, other questions, great. Write them down. You can write them down on one of those little brown pieces of paper. Um, you can take one of your own pieces of paper and write down. Um, please write it down. As you see, we do listen to you. Um, and then just when I was uh, talking about the Spirit, I just wanted to remind you guys that um, Thursday is Ascension. Is Ascension Day, where we celebrate the day that a cloud came down like a Rolls Royce and um, Jesus got on and he floated away. Um, but okay, the day that he ascended into heaven, which makes all of this possible, it's not just the fact that he died, it's the fact that he died and was resurrected and, ro and ascended to heaven. Okay, so it's important. It's actually 50 days since Easter, that's how fast time flies. Yo. Yeah, life is not the same. So, Thursday is, Pente is um, Ascension and Sunday is Pentecost, which is the day that we celebrate the poor disciples who were stressed out and hiding in, well, at least they were still hiding. They could have run away. Um, but they remembered that Jesus said, wait, wait in the room, pray, and I will send someone to you. Because let's be honest, they weren't really performing very well at that stage. So that's Pentecost is the day we celebrate that the Holy Spirit was given to them. And suddenly they found voices and they could speak. And they understood all of the things that Jesus said. So the Holy Spirit comes and he just puts the puzzle pieces into place. That's what we're going to be celebrating. And then it's into kingdom time, ordinary time. But that's just a side note. Okay. I think that's it. Unless somebody wants to make a remark or ask a question right now, if you want to, then you're welcome. Otherwise, have some coffee, 
enjoy the rest of the evening. I know I'm going to be watching MSI at home. League of Legends MSI. It's the final. It's very tense.